You're listening to Canada's most listened to spiritual talk show. And now here's your host, Drew Marshall. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? All those nights when you've got no light. Oh, was that the extended play? Yeah, this is the non. Because remember, like TV shows, they can only have a minute's worth of like music part of their. But I was all set to get to the uh, what is it? The chorus, yeah, the main part that everybody knows. Yeah, I think it's coming up pretty soon, isn't it? Tim? Sure. Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is not Jim Bean. This ain't Jim Bean. It's Kevin Sorbo. You might remember him from such shows as Cheers. Kevin Sorbo, welcome back to the Drew Marshall Show. What's going on? Hey, how you doing there? Um, I hope some people remember me from a show I shot for five years up there in Vancouver called Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda. So, no, you know. Nope, no, never heard of it. Never heard, don't know anything about it. Don't know a thing about it. Well, you better go to Space Channel and check it out. Um, this ain't Jim Beam. Was that the thing that launched your stardom? I don't know if it launched my stardom, but... It was a it was a commercial that ran for at least five years around the world, and uh, uh, it was pretty funny. I actually one of the first commercials I ever started getting fan mail on, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> I, I was very big in Russia for some reason. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you you went from Jim Beam to being a bar patron at Cheers. Um, I just did a little guest spot on that. Yeah. But, um, but I, I, you know, I've done I've probably about fifteen different sitcoms through the years, from Sybil to Two and a Half Men, to according to Jim, to uh, Dharma and Greg. Uh, I, I love sitcoms are a blast because like doing a little play every week. You know, yeah. you get a live audience, and uh, you know, you only get one week to really prepare for it. So it's it's kind of it's pressurized, but it's it's a hoot. It's great to see reactions from people right away. Kevin, I got to say, your IMDb page is annoying, man. I went to print it off, and it ran out of ink. <laughs> I like to stay busy, right? Apparently. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, listen, please tell me you have a Don Rickles story. I do have a Don Rickles story. I, I did. My first time on the Tonight Show, uh, Don Rickles was the other guest on with me, which was pretty cool. Wow. And, uh, you know, we had some time in the green room back there and chatted, and then I would run into him probably once every two or three years, and every time he remembered me, be very nice, very cordial. You know, he he only rips people when they're in public. You know, when you're just one on one, he he was a very nice man. And every time I would bump into him and his wife, he would have me sit down and chat for a while, and uh, it was it was pretty cool. Man, man, I, that's a guy I would have loved to have met. Uh, so good for you, you big jerk. Yeah, I posted something on my Facebook page about him. You know, and uh, I just thought uh, it was uh, I was very lucky to meet some of those semi-rap pack and rap pack guys, you know. I never got to meet Frank, but I, but I got to meet uh, Dean Martin. I got to meet um, Emmy Davis Jr., which is pretty cool. One of my uh, other favorite uh, human beings, Julia Roberts, apparently just lived like a couple of doors down from Don Rickles. There's a conversation. That'd be just, that's like two worlds that should never meet. Julia Roberts and Don Rickles. That's just weird. That should be on the Sci-Fi Channel. That should be on the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. I Hey, uh, please tell me you haven't had any more ID10T errors on your computer. No, I have not. Okay. 
Just checking. I was I was reading something about I don't know if it was a true story or not. The kid next door came in and helped your computer. That was a funny story. I gotta. I've shared that a couple times. Well, that wasn't mine. That was a joke I just posted. It was beautiful. I I think I think that you should make it yours. Just make it yours. Use one of your own kids. You know they they are smarter than me in the computer. It's kind of scary, but you know they're growing up in quite a different world than I grew up in. Um, Dean Kane beat you out for the role of Lois and Clark, New Adventures of Superman. True story? True story. We, um, I actually, it was, Dean and I got down to the final two guys. We both did screen tests with Terry Hatcher. This is back in the old Lorimar uh, studio days when they were part of the Warner Brothers branch there, and that was, uh, uh, I actually got the part. And then 24 hours later, they called back and said, yeah, we're not going to use you now. We want to go with Dean Kane. <laughs> So, oh, the ultimate highs and the ultimate lows of being an actor. But then three months later, I broke Hercules, and I always remind Dean that his show went three years, got canceled. Mine went seven years and yeah. became the most watched show in the world. Yeah, so I'm, I'm okay with what happened. Yeah, na-na-na-boo-boo is what you technically said. Um, and then you and Terry Hatcher ended up working together on Supergirl. We just did a three-show arc last month together, yeah. Had a good time up there in Vancouver, and... Uh, it was kind of fun. There was about five guys from that crew that were part of my old Andromeda crew, so it was it was like old home week for me. And I got Great. together with some of my old acting buddies and uh, from from Andromeda and had a couple dinners. It was, it was fun to catch up. Dean Kane and I worked together on a movie called Dog Boys about a hundred years ago. It was also starring um, uh, Michael Caine, and uh, uh, I was part of the stunt team. And I got dressed up in I looked like a I looked like a leprechaun dressed up as a cowboy, is what I looked like. And I was supposed to uh, do the stunt work for this one guy who, after, I had to say, all day I was in this goofy outfit, and Buddy didn't even show up to set that day, so they didn't even use me. But you got to meet Michael Caine, right? I got to meet Michael Caine and Dean Caine, and yeah, it was... It was uh, cool. I, got, I met uh, Sir Michael Caine one time, probably 10 years ago. And um, I, we had a hotel lobby I was staying at, and he was coming out of the elevator, and I stopped, and I said, oh, my gosh, and I said, I don't want to bother you, so I said, hello, and he looked at me, and he goes, I know you. Then I explained who I was. He goes, my gosh, yes, you worked with my dear friend Anthony Quinn, because Anthony Quinn played Zeus in the first year of Hercules, and he knew all about it. Wow. And I thought, that's pretty cool. That's and I think one of the coolest interviews I ever saw him do, because I've shot, to date now, I've had people ask me why I did certain movies, and I've shot 51 movies now. And it's probably about 15 I wish I wouldn't have done, but I saw a great interview with Michael Caine when they asked him, why did he do Jaws 3D or whatever, Jaws 4, whichever one he was in. Yeah. And they said, did you even, I mean, you're Sir Michael Caine, you won Academy Awards, why would you do a movie like that? Have you even seen the movie? He said, no, but I saw the house that built me in Spain. <laughs> you know, sometimes you do it because they're paying you. you yep, know? yep, yep. Um, so, Sam... Hmm. I don't know how I want to handle this conversation. You met her during guest her guest appearance on Hercules in 1998. You've got the three kitties. You got Braden, Shane, Octavia. But mm -hmm. I, I guess I want to know how much of a blubbering idiot were you, and how badly did you flub the line when you and Sam had your first scene? You know, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty. I'm, I hit my marks and all my words, and uh, I, I could not. When I met her, I was just totally like a, an, an idiot, and. Uh, she thought I was unprofessional, and I, I, I couldn't remember my lines. And my crew knew me. I mean, this was by season four of the series. So I just I looked at Michael Hurst, who played uh, my sidekick, Eolas, and he goes, I said, Michael, help me out. He goes, I can't do a thing for you, buddy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was one of those weird things. It was first day, um, you know, boom, hit me like a, like a lightning bolt. And I started moving on her right away, and she just laughed at me and said, look, I don't date actors, and I don't date guys with long hair. 
And I said, well, right now I'm making a pretty good living with the long hair. But, uh, you know, I worked on her and wore her down. Yeah, but here's here's the line that, that I, uh, this is just weird, right? You went right into, hey, you know, white picket fences and kids. But th- you didn't just go kids. You went, oh, you know, I'm going to have a boy and then a boy and then a girl. And she goes, yeah, that's what I want, too. Are you kidding me? No. She got in my car and she said, uh, I, the only, I like all kinds of music, but I happen to have a country music station at that time. And the only country music station in all of, of, of New Zealand and she says, oh, country music. Oh, yeah, I mean, if you don't want to turn it, you can. And she goes, no, I love country music. And then we start talking, and she says, uh, wait a minute, are you a Christian? I go, I am a Christian. She goes, wow. And the talking was more, and she goes, wait a minute, are you conservative? I go, I am conservative. And she said, wow, three C's. <laughs> Christian, conservative, and country music. I think I love you, she oh, said to me. brother, man. That's it all started right there. Um so Hercules, biggest show in the world. You're four months away from getting married. Then you you got three strokes, a, a potential arm amputation. All of this from an aneurysm, right? Yep. Um, yep. What if you'd lost your arm? What then? Um, I don't know. I'm glad I don't have to think about it. But it was pretty scary. I mean, I, I was having all kinds of problems with that arm for about three, four months, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. But I was doing most of my stunts. I was working out a lot, so I just kind of blew it off, and then. Unbeknownst to me, there was an aneurysm that had been way up in my shoulder, spitting off a bunch of blood clots over that period, cutting off a lot of circulation. But once it opened up, um, it sent hundreds of clots that way, and three clots worked their way into my brain. And I suffered, uh, actually suffered four strokes. The fourth one was in my, my speech, which I knew right then and there I was having strokes. Yeah. But that one dissolved on the way to the emergency room, and then the other three, uh, well, they were here to stay. So it took me took me about four months to just even learn how to balance again and stand up without falling over, and it took about almost two full years to really feel like everything was on the right track, and then another another year to get back to where I thought I'd you know I'll never be a hundred percent. I realize that, but uh, most people they they wouldn't be able to tell what I went through. I still have balance issues, and I still have a ten percent loss of vision on both eyes. Wow, um, you. <laughs> You're actually quite fascinating. It sounds like I'm surprised. Wow, you're actually quite fascinating. No, because, you know, you're Mr. Studley, you're Mr. Longhair Dude, you're Mr. Hercules, you're Mr. Um, The the amount of females that I've talked to about the fact that you were on my show today who started drooling and getting all, you know, excited. It's just irritating again, right, is what I'm saying. Well, like I'm older now and I got short hair. So I'm about to start another movie, The Long Hair Days. They're not gone because I got a Western coming up. Hopefully to shoot up in Calgary next year. Oh, nice. uh, and I'll get my hair longer for that. But right now I got an IBM look going. <laughs> IBM look. Uh, yeah, that's never going to happen with you. When is Mythica, what is it, 47 being released? I have no idea. I did. We did We did five of them. And uh, it was fun. I mean, they did, you know, for, for small independent movies, small budget they did a really good job with yeah. it. The visual effects are great. It's like it's like the uh, the poor man's sort of uh, Lord of the Rings in a way, but they turned out pretty good. I've got these random questions. There's no segue, but I want to ask them. You ready? Here we go. There we go. Knowing that Hercules sleeps naked, what is your favorite part of your body to place the vitamin patch? On my uh, my left buttock. <laughs> wow. Who asks that question? Drew Marshall does. So that, that's that's it's a thing, thing called Thrive that I do. It's it's a uh, uh, it's a thing that um, it's a, it's healthy breakfast in the morning, so to speak. It's a shake, it's some multivitamins, and it's a patch. There you go. I didn't even know the word vitamin patches. I thought it was just nicotine yeah, they are. or birth control things or whatever. Um, fastest you've ever done eighteen holes? Hour forty five? One hour and five minutes on a golf cart. Shut minutes. up! Wow. Yeah. 
I just did that about two weeks ago. I broke my old record up at 110. I did an hour and 20 minutes today. That'd be like watching Rain Man golf. I fly. Right? You know, I'm a decent golfer. I'm a five handicap. So, you know, when, I, when I'm not in any traps or losing golf balls in the woods, I can get around pretty quick, you know. So I'm, I shoot most of the time. I shoot, you know, between 75 and 82. That's probably where my game is most of the time. That's ridiculous. Although even... that, if when I do golf, I have to golf at that speed because if we lollygag around the golf course, I'm gone. I'm so ADD. I've checked out after seven holes. I just don't. I care. know. Yeah, I do a lot of these charity golf events, and it, I mean, actually, I'm heading out tomorrow morning for Myrtle Beach. I'm playing in the Hootie and, Hootie and the Blowfish Monday after the Masters Golf Tournament, which I've done about ten times now, and that's like a six-hour round of golf. So you just hope you get a good pro to play with and a good group of amateurs and have fun, which we usually do. All right, let's talk about the God stuff here. Raised in Minnesota, raised in Minnesota by parents who uh, taught him uh, Christian values, right? I mean, uh, 13 years old, you went to the Billy Graham crusade and responded to the altar call. And here's a quote I think is maybe accurate. You tell me. It was a very happy, emotional night for me, and I just always remembered it. 13 years old, I went up there with a buddy of mine. It was a church outing to meet, uh, not to meet him, but go see Billy Graham speak. And there were probably about 250,000 people there. It was insane. And... Um, I decided I went up, and um, Billy Graham walked by when I was talking to one of his assistants and put his hand on our heads and gave us a little blessing, and I just went, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so there you go. So have, have has your Jesus thing changed over the years? Like for me, I've, I'm just, my spiritual life tanked a long time ago. And I'm, I'm now, I'm not even 100% sure there's a God anymore, right? I'm really struggling. Um, what about you? Have you always been certain and Republican? <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in a liberal household. There's no question. I think though this here, the, the, the problem with the Democrat Party in America, it kept moving further and further left. As Dennis Miller said, I didn't leave the party; the party left me. Hmm. But uh, and I kind of agree with that. My parents were always uh, Democrats, and Walter Mondale and Hubert Humphrey and that kind of world. And I, I always tell people to compare an Obama inauguration speech to a JFK speech. Look at 1960. What did JFK say? Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you, what you can do for your country. That's not the mantra of Democrats today. They all got their hands out and say, please take care of me. So hmm. I'm, not, I'm not a fan of uh, the world of, of, of uh, you know, expecting everybody else to take care of you. I'm, I'm all there for my tax dollars to go to people who truly and really need the help. But uh, for me, my dad put you know, hard work instincts into all of us kids, all five of us. And, um, you know, I started a paper when I was nine years old for crying out loud. I'm thinking Minnesota winters, you know, the worse than Toronto's winters. And I'd be out delivering 80 newspapers at 5 o'clock in the morning six days a week for not, for seven years. So I learned the value of buck and hard work, and that's kind of what my dad put into us. But, uh, you know, I've, I've never stopped believing. I'm certainly not perfect in any way. Trust me, I know that. Yeah, Sam but told me that. I, I've always believed that. You know, I, I don't, I'm not a firm believer in that something can come from nothing. I don't care what you want to call God, but something had to start all this, and it wasn't you or me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, obviously that's a, that's a bit of a segue into, a horrible segue, into, uh, into Breathe Bible uh, and even Let There Be Light, a couple of big projects that you are stoked about these days. Uh, being a guy who's done a bit of voiceover work myself, I listen to the resonance in your voice, and I'm glad that finally... Uh, what's his name? Morgan Freeman is not playing God. It's Kevin Sorbo. I know it went white. That's pretty racist, isn't it? Oh, well. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, yeah, I got approached from Carl Amari. Carl's this guy that uh, put out the Bible about six, seven years ago, an audio Bible. 
to this day it's still the number one selling, and he said, we can do better than that. So this is the New Testament first that came out. You can go to breathebible.com, and they can download the Book of Mark for free. And we got we got 90 different actors portraying the different biblical figures in the um, in the New Testament, and you got a full orchestra in the background. You got sound effects. You've got, I mean, it, I call it theater for the mind. You're you're going to feel like you're actually there. Uh, you know, maybe the picture went out on your movie screen, but it's it's pretty amazing uh, the way this thing sounds and the way it looks. And it's an 18 um, CD, 21 hour box set, or you can download it on your whatever digital platform you want to download it on. But uh, people should check it out, especially with Easter around the corner, because you got to remind people it's not about, uh, you know, peeps and uh, chocolate-flavored, you know, Easter bunny eggs. <laughs> no, that's right. Look, this is a $2 million production. That's This is insane. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty big bit put together. Walmart just picked it up as well now. And, and uh, you know, it's like I said, you can get it on downloaded as well in two different ways, or you can get the uh, box set, which I recommend because the box set's awesome. I'm still a CD, DVD, real book in my hands kind of guy. Yeah, right beside your eight-track player. I know, I know. <laughs> I had one of those. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other voice that's on this, who I love, we've had on our show before, Bailey Madison, cute young actress who uh, I guess she plays the voice of uh, the young Mary, mother of Jesus, young Mary, yes. young Mary, yes, mother. Of Jesus. And we got, and we also have. Um, uh, John Reese davies Nice. Narrates it. So people know him, of course, from uh, the Lord of the Rings and from, uh, what was the, Indiana Jones movies, amongst any, many other things. Yeah, yeah. You've done a good job at, um, well, working. Uh, you've, you've, you've kept going. There's a ton of things that you've done. But you've done a good job at uh, doing God stuff and, and not doing God stuff. Because so, there's a lot of people that just, they stop doing you know, typical Hollywood stuff, and they just do all Jesus things, a la Kirk Cameron. And then there, then there's you, and you've just been able, you just, you're everywhere. You're like a recurring nightmare. <laughs> well, I like, I like to stay busy. I, you know, I have a movie that just came out on DVD called Julia X. So if people want to see me in a whole different way, I play a serial killer. So yes. Want to check that out? They can check it out, or they can rent What If, and What If I play a pastor. So I got quite a wide range of stuff. I actually have a movie coming up. I'm shooting in uh, in Poland in the fall, and it's a true story based on World War II. And I play a pretty badass uh, German Nazi officer. So I, I do kind of mix it up. This is great. This is why I love you, man. It's fantastic. Let there be light. Fill us in on that, and we'll let you go. Well, let there be light. Let there be light. The movie dot com. The movie will come out in the fall. I directed it. I acted in it. My wife co-wrote it along with Dan Gordon. People will know Dan Gordon. He wrote. Uh, he was up for an Academy Award for The Hurricane with Denzel Washington. He also wrote uh, Wide Earp, my favorite western, with Kevin Costner. And is a showrunner, Michael Landon's show, Highway to Heaven. Great stuff. We shot in Alabama with the same crew that did a movie called Woodlawn. And it's a heavy drama Christmas movie, so please check it out, letthebelightthemovie.com. And also get my book, True Strength. You talked about my strokes. My book deals with that. I do a lot of speaking events on that. So, Toronto, come on, have me come up. We'll do some, uh, we'll do some speaking events. How have you not done Comic-Con up here? Or you, you, you must have done it up here once. I've huh? done it twice. They haven't invited me back in a while. Both times I went, I rocked it. I mean, the, the fans there were awesome, so I would love to come back, trust me. So, right. you know, put some guilt into these guys to get me back again, because I, I love coming there and... I'll be up for the Joe Carter's Golf Tournament. I've come there a couple times for that. They all have oh, a Blue Jay game as well, and it's always good fun. Nice, nice. Kevin, always a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, what are you off to now? I want to just uh, be voyeuristic into your life. What are you going to do now? I'm, I'm, like I told you, I'm heading out to do Hooting the Blowfish Golf Tournament, and okay. from there I fly to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I'm shooting a, shooting a movie there for a couple weeks, and then I got about seven or eight speaking events I'm doing over like a 
three-week period, so I'm on the road quite a bit. You're a great communicator. Kevin Sorbo on the Drew Marshall Show. Dude, thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Next time, we'll talk. Okay. The Breathe Bible Audio New Testament is a remarkably vivid listening experience that transports you into the world of the Bible. Uh, Performed in the New Living Translation, one of my favorites, by a cast of internationally acclaimed film, television, and recording artists, this captivating multi-million dollar audio production features cinema quality sound with an original music score. It's an experience you will never forget. The Breathe Bible Audio New Testament is like being there. Not only uh, are 18 CDs included in this premium audio product, it also includes a code to receive the user-friendly mobile app for free. Listen however you like. Created by an award-winning team, this dynamic, dramatic production features a cast of leading Hollywood entertainers, over 80 supporting actors, a full orchestral score, and cutting-edge sound design, and features a ton of of, uh, artists that you would recognize. Anyway... Head to kevinsorbo.net, kevinsorbo.net. Uh, go to breathebible.com if you want to check that out as well. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Fist.